Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good. Turn the work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to his Luke, the fifth chapter and the first verse. Are you ready? It reads in this way. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Somebody say catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Look down a little bit at chapter verse 10. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Somebody say partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I want you to help me give the subject for this sermon presentation to your neighbor. Tell them, say, neighbor, payday is here. I'm going to say it again for those who receive it. Look at the other neighbor because it seems like that neighbor had an attitude. Look at the other neighbor. Look at that other neighbor. Say, neighbor, I don't think you heard what I just said. The preacher just announced that payday is here. I didn't have a subject yet. I had a word, but I didn't have a subject. And I said, Lord, I need a word for these people. This is my first time coming here. I need you to give me a word. And he didn't give me the release of the title until I was walking up those steps. As I walked up, he said, tell Abundant, payday is here. 
the direct deposit has come down from heaven and before you get out of this service all you got to do is check your heavenly account because when you came in you might have been broke but when you're leaving out I don't hear nobody when you came in you were sick but after you give them this praise the Lord told me to tell somebody that your payday is not coming your payday is already here now if you really receive it give God 30 seconds of a real I don't see nobody running yet I don't see nobody shouting yet I don't see nobody leaping yet but weeping may endure for a night but joy 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 say my payday is here and it's not by accident that you're sitting on my road because this payday is too big for me to handle by myself and I don't just want to be blessed for me I want to be blessed so I can pay off mortgages I don't want to be blessed for me I want to be blessed so my mama don't gotta go to work Y'all didn't register, but do y'all mind eavesdropping in on the conversation that we had yesterday? So we had four words. You can write them down. I'm almost done. Purpose, passion. Then we have productivity. Then we have partnerships. Purpose, passion, productivity, and partnerships. In this particular text that we read today, there's this guy by the name of Simon Peter. Peter. Peter is an interesting guy. He is cantankerous. He is problematic. He is always talking out of turn. He is, he got a cussing problem. Look at your neighbor. Just look at him. That's all you got to do. Just look at him. Tell him, say, God forgives. God forgives. God forgives. Go ahead, sign language. He signed it. My God, do it again. God forgives. <laughs> Peter had a little cussing problem. He had a little issue. But his issue did not keep him from God picking him. And so when I loosely define these words, the first thing we get to is purpose. And I defined yesterday purpose as the verb that really should monitor your entire life. This verb should show up in every aspect of your life. It is the verb of your life sentence. It is the vehicle in your life's car. All of us have a verb, a moving word that pushes us toward purpose in everything that we do. All of us have that vehicle. No matter if you're in church or at work, that thing is still working for you. Purpose is the reason or the existence of a thing. It's the reason you exist. So if, for example, I have a remote control. The reason for the remote is to facilitate the viewing experience such that I can sit on my couch and turn the channel without having to get up and walk over and press the button. Now, if y'all ghetto like me, you have a remote that works sometimes, <laughs> but don't work all the time. 
And you probably got batteries in your kitchen, but what you do if you ghetto like me? You grab that remote, pop it one time for the father. Pop it two times for the son. Pop it one more time for the Holy Ghost. You lean with it, then you rock with it, then you turn it this way, and you press, and the thing come on. Do I have any ghetto people? All the praise team know what I'm talking about. You lean with it, you rock with it, you press the remote, and the TV comes on, right? But the remote can be used out of purpose. Say, for example, I have a nail, and I want to put the nail in a wall, and I need something that is sturdy enough to drive the nail in the wall. I can take that same remote who was originally designed to facilitate my viewing experience and use the remote out of purpose. I can take that remote and with strength, I can knock a nail into the wall. Here's the here's problem with us. Most of us are out of purpose, but the reason we don't know it is because it's working. Just because it's working doesn't mean it's purposeful. Come here. Just because you got it in doesn't mean it's purposeful. And most of us don't understand the reason that we exist. So we're knocking things into walls instead of turning television channels all because we keep saying, well, it's working. So purpose one word. I would say that Peter's one word today is catch. Everything in his life you see him catching. Before Christ, he's catching fish. After Christ, he's catching souls. While he's meeting Christ, he's catching, he's being caught by Jesus in the spirit when he wants to see Jesus closer on the water. He is asking Jesus if it's you bid me come and whenever he finds himself falling it's Jesus that catches him because when Jesus comes in he allows you to be caught by the thing that you're purpose for he catches attitudes he's a catcher y'all don't hear what I'm saying everything that describes him is catching he cuts off ears he can catch the ear y'all didn't hear what I just said so he's a catcher somebody say catcher Peter's been not just fishing, he is a boss of fishermen. He is the leader of fishermen. That means he does the training. That means he created the manual. That means he knows how things work. He gets fishing. If he doesn't get anything else, he gets fishing. What is his passion? His passion is his fuel. So if purpose is the verb, passion is fuel. If purpose is the verb, passion is fuel. Say it with me. If purpose is the verb, passion is fuel. So his fuel is fish. He loves fish. He loves the net. He loves the water. He loves everything about the fishing experience. When are you passionate about it, you forget to go to sleep because you love it so much. When you're passionate about music, you can do it all night long whether you get paid for it or not. When you're passionate about singing, you can sing here, you can sing there, you can sing in Walmart, you sing everywhere. I see you, woman of God, I see you. You were singing high soprano today, you passionate. <laughs> Here's the thing about passion though. Passion without boundaries can burn stuff up. 
See, if passion is fuel and purpose is the vehicle, you got to make sure you're putting your passion in the right place. Because the same thing that infuses the car to keep going is the same thing that if I put it around the house, it's going to burn the house down. What if that relationship didn't work because it was passionate but not purposeful? Full of passion, no purpose. Full of passion, no job. Y'all not saying nothing to me in this microphone. And so our passion has to have boundaries. Peter's passion was fishing. And we see that he's passionate about it because he's been fishing all night long. Now, what you got to understand about this particular text is that fishing back then is not fishing right now. So right now, we have the cute little rod. We have the little bait. We sit there and we throw, pull it back, chill, listen to some Tasha Cobbs. Throw, pull it back, chill, listen to Travis Green. Throw, pull it back, chill. No, no, no. Back in the day, they won't come up for a second. Fishing with Peter's time was hard work. Somebody say hard work. Stand right in front of me right there, parallel to me. So these nets were heavy. They were real heavy. It required at least two people to really fish. So in order for us to do it right, we had to go down together. Up, throw. All of your strength. Down. Up. Up. Throw. Down. Come back. You look. Nothing. Up. Throw. Down. Pull back. Look. Nothing. Now. By 8 o'clock p.m., Peter is Ron Cannoli. Can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I need your rhythm to be all right because I need you to fish right, y'all. You had one job. Let's try it again. One, two, three, and can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. All right, now. It's 10.30, 11 o'clock. So now it's slow. the rhythm slows down. There is power in the name of Jesus. Nothing. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, and Peter hears, late in the midnight hour. He's like, nope, I don't want to hear that song. <laughs> See, I need a real worshiper in this room that can say, sometimes when I'm mad at God, the song they sing in worship... I'm singing it, but I don't really believe it. So he's, it's midnight now, they moaning. All of a sudden, we know that Peter and James started, but one o'clock, two o'clock, his friend leaves him. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. He done turned off the music, now he focused. You know why? Because Peter's married. Yep. Peter has a wife. Her name is Paprika. We know that Peter has a wife because Jesus heals his mother-in-law. So now imagine, brothers, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you told Paprika that you were about to go fishing, and it's 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and you ain't caught no fish. Now Peter is thinking, what am I going to do? When I get home to Paprika, because Paprika got questions. Where you been, Peter? You smell like fish, but I don't see no fish. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. We'll move on. That was for Rutgers. That was just for the millennials. What you didn't do in Peter? I'm sorry. Y'all should have came in the nine o'clock service. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. What you been doing? So now Peter is stressing. Now he's throwing the net. 
He tired. He like, I'm going to get one fish. Or we're going to catch something today. If I was Peter, I would go into somebody else's boat and steal their fish before I came back home to Paprika with nothing. But here is the dilemma of this text. If he caught nothing, why did he have to wash his net? If he caught nothing, then why was he cleaning his net? When Jesus shows up, always, always. Now, y'all might be super deep and holy, but I read the Bible with my full imagination. Why does Jesus have this pattern to always show up right when I'm done? Y'all can look at me phony if y'all want to. Why? Now, Lazarus is sick. He could have came for three whole days. He chilling. Now, when he buried, now you show up. Abraham, Sarah, they're like 9,000 years old. Sarah laughing like, I know this ain't happening to us. Now he shows up. Why does God specialize in showing up late? Because his clock looked different than yours. So he shows up, he's washing his net. Why was he washing a net if he caught nothing? Here it is for people that catch it. The reality is that during that time, fishermen, in order to make money, they didn't just catch fish, they had to catch certain fish. Fish that brought capital gain. So the bottom fish, the bottom feeders, you know, the tilapia, the, the things, the sardines, they, they, they threw that back out there because I caught it, but it didn't amount to anything. In the net, there were also weeds, and in the net, there was also pollution. So I caught something. Can you imagine what it felt like for Peter to feel something in the net and then pull it all the way up and then look at it in his hand and realize nothing? And the reason that 50 of you are frustrated is not because you've caught nothing. The reason you're frustrated is because you caught something that amounted to nothing. That relationship I gave my life to, nothing. That job that just let me go, that I, bl I bled sweat and tears, nothing. And the reason we're frustrated is because it wasn't that we didn't catch anything. It was that we caught something that amounted to nothing. And then Jesus shows up after a good night's rest and says, do it again. There comes a time where passion burns out. And Jesus says, do it again. So let's start with the recap. Day 60 of our 90 day challenge. And if you know anything about me, you know that there are some scriptures I love to talk about. And Luke 5 is one of them. I wrote a book titled Empty based on Luke 5. And Luke 5 gives us several sermons about purpose. First, we're told that this character named Peter has been fishing all night because purpose takes work. And after having fished all night, he has caught nothing. He's tired, exhausted, and done to the point that he's cleaning his net. And when Jesus sees him done, he says, go back deeper. 
What do you do when you're done with that entrepreneurial idea? You laid it to rest and God says, but I'm not done with it yet. What do you do when you finally decide to end the night and there's nothing else for you to create and God says, do it again? Peter teaches us a powerful lesson about purpose. Obedience is in what you are willing to do again. I think that Peter's issue is not unlike many of ours. I'm washing a net because I'm done. But my question is, how could Peter be washing a net and having not caught fish if he didn't catch anything? The revelation is simple. He did catch something, but what he caught amounted to nothing. And when God says, do it again, he's asking, do you trust me to go one more time? Today, I pray that you will trust God to go one more time, to apply one more time, to try one more time. And your purpose project should be never to give up until you hear God say, it's done. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won for you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never Word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still the now. Jesus, you're still the Oh, so keep me.
Never win. 